Our washer is broken, so I spent part of yesterday at the laundromat. There's a show on that some of us will remember Candid Camera, but now there's one called Just for Laughs. It's updated. And um, in one particular segment, the viewer is taken street side where an ambulance is parked beside an actor who's on a stretcher and is attached to an oxygen can canister and a bag, an IV bag full. And so what happens is the supposed driver of the ambulance asks a passerby to come up and unhold the oxygen canister and the IV bag, and then he gets in the ambulance and drives off. And so the person who's left behind is, you know, holding these two things for a person he doesn't know, doesn't know what's wrong. And can you imagine how that person feels? Now, it's obviously supposed to be a practical joke, and, and it's, it's funny, sort of, until you put yourself in the, that person's place. And that, to me, described wilderness. A feeling of desolation, a feeling of fear, a feeling of shock, a feeling of confusion. You know, we, we all experience these emotions now and then, but when they all combine at one time with one single experience, that's what I would call wilderness. And that's a part of, of our, our story today is Jesus in the wilderness. <clears throat> About that gospel passage from Mark, Tim Brewster writes that Jesus' time in the wilderness immediately followed his baptism and that powerful affirmation of who he was. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke say that the spirit who descended on Jesus at his baptism was the same spirit that then drove him out into the wilderness, the bleak, lonely, and dry Judean wilderness for 40 days of testing. Well, wilderness can be a part of our lives. We cannot live and love and engage life in meaningful ways without sometimes ending up in the wilderness. There are those times when we feel like we are tested to our limits, and we describe them in wilderness terms, dry, desolate, trying, difficult, agonizing. We might speak of thirst and hunger and longing in the wilderness. Given our uh, gospel's looks at Jesus, we conclude that for him, the wilderness was a time of learning. There was a, an email list making the rounds several years ago about um, significant things children have learned about life. Here are a few of them. You can't trust dogs to watch your food for you. <laughs> Don't sneeze when someone is cutting your hair. You can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. When your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. And no matter how hard you try, you cannot baptize a cat. These are the kinds of accelerated learning experiences that we call learning the hard way. And that's how it is with time in the wilderness. It can be a time of accelerated learning about priority, what really matters in our lives. 
In his book, The Man in the Mirror, Patrick Morley relates the lack of a clear sense of priority to a trip to the grocery store without a shopping list on an empty stomach. Now, nearly everything looks delicious, and you wander through the aisles without a plan, loading up the shopping cart with goodies. And after the shock of the bill at checkout, there is then the shock of your spouse when you arrive home with your sacks and sacks of snacks and food for only three real meals in the whole bunch. Well, like a grocery store does, life presents us with many options of ways to use our resources, our time, our abilities, our influence. And without a clear sense of what's most important, we can spend it all. And then at the end of the day, find that we have not taken care of what matters most. Jesus' time in the wilderness, coming just before he began his public ministry, was a time for sorting out what mattered most to him and to get a clear sense of what God's will was for his life. The longer accounts in Matthew and Luke tell us that Jesus was tempted by wealth, by fame, and by power, and those things which would deviate him from his mission. As we follow Jesus into the wilderness, we can see that our own wilderness time during Lent can be an important opportunity to test our values, to look at what is most important to us, and to make decisions about our life's priorities. A few years ago, a young man Jim Brewster knew was suffering from an aggressive form of cancer. During the time of his surgeries and treatments, he felt like he was in a wilderness. And he said, I've learned that what I thought was very important before doesn't seem very important now. And what I took for granted and thought I could put off for another day has risen to the top of my list of priorities. As painful as wilderness experiences are, they can yield more spiritual growth than can the good times. A small girl had been promised the privilege of climbing to a nearby hilltop where her brother enjoyed playing. But when she came into sight of the steep, rough path, she drew back and she said, Why, there isn't a smooth spot anywhere. It's all bumpy and stony. And her more experienced older brother said, Yes, but how would we ever climb to the top if it wasn't? The stones and bumps are what we step on to get there. Wilderness times can be time of learning about ourselves, about God, about what's most important. And without that time of stock-taking and learning, life can, can just go on without much thought. So, some good wilderness questions might be, what important friendships and relationships have I I been putting off to some future time? What is God calling me to do with my life and with all the resources God has given me? What in my life right now do I take for granted? Questions like these connect us to Mark's conclusion to his two sentences about Jesus' temptations. He said, and the angels ministered to him. Author Parker Palmer wrote, about a, wrote a difficult and authentic article about his depression 
which he called a sojourn in hell. Depression, he says, is the ultimate state of disconnection. It deprives one of the relatedness that is the lifeline of every living being. He writes that he does not like to speak ungratefully of his visitors. He knew they meant well. At least they didn't avoid him. But, like the so-called friends of Job, their attempts at sympathy and help only made him more depressed. But there were angels who ministered to him during this wilderness. One of them was a man who, having asked Palmer's permission to do so, stopped by late every afternoon, sat Palmer down in his chair, knelt in front of him, took off his shoes and socks, and massaged his feet for a half an hour. He didn't say much, but Parker writes, he found the one place in my body where I could still experience bodily feeling and feel connected to the human race. Palmer's a man of deep faith, and he learned that even a sojourn in hell is a journey toward God. As he sensed that God wanted him to embrace that wilderness time, to embrace the pain and embrace even the disconnection. Broaden that then to the gospel story again. Where do you fit in? Which character would you be? Do you feel sometimes like you're more like Jesus who is being tempted and... um, trying to understand your own identity? Do you feel like an angel, able to minister to other people? I'm hoping you're not a wild animal or Satan, the adversary, as Satan translates. Lent offers us time as a community and as individuals to focus on the wilderness And to see this season as a continuing progression toward God. Psalm 25 sings, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Good and upright is the Lord. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. So we think about our path as we journey into the wilderness. And while we want those good paths, the ones that tend to be smooth so we don't stumble and are beautiful so that we can see the green leaves and we can hear the birds singing, That would be nice. And yet, I would like for us also to be thinking about good paths as the ones that go through the wilderness, through the difficulties, through the confusion, through the desolation. That's where Parker Palmer found God. And that's where we, too, can find God in a a powerful way, in a way that we can't find God on the smooth path. Sometimes the best paths are the ones that teach us the greatest lessons the hard way. They change us forever and guide us toward greater humility, 
repentance, and love. Let us thank God for these paths and the wilderness as we pray. Holy God of life and of wilderness, we entrust to you ourselves where our lives are difficult or where they are joyful, where they are lonely or whether they are, where they are full of people and joy and pleasure. Holy God, you have given us each breath, and for these we thank you. We thank you for the resources that you have given us, the gifts that we have that we can therefore share with others to use them to minister in your name. Lord, you are gracious and merciful and full of steadfast love, and you are faithful to us. We pray, O God, that you would help us to be more like you each day of our lives. We pray for family and friends for people we do not know who are in difficult situations. We pray for peace around the world, again for our troops and for others' troops. We pray for wisdom for our leaders. And we pray that you would help us to support them in positive ways. May we too find peace in our own lives as we seek you through your Christ. Lord, we pray for our friends and our family members, such as Jenny Lou Eads, Barbara Garner, Barbara Walker, Becky Wirt, Kathy Friedis, Janie Reese, Geneva Payton, Julie Dellinger, Marie Turner, and Sandra Britt. Hear our pleas for your presence and intervention in their lives so that they would know of your power and your glory and the stamina that they have that comes from you. Offer them strength and hope, we pray. Lord, we pray, too, for our congregation that we would continue to seek you wherever we are. These things we ask and we pray in the name of our Holy Savior, Jesus Christ.